0: That I'm the most excited about this year is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're four and a half point favorites, totals 46 and a half against the Colts. I don't know what the Colts are going to be, Trista, because no. I don't know what Anthony Richardson's going to be. I mean... The Jags were one of the worst defensive teams in the NFL last year. So that's one advantage that the Colts have in this game, right? 24th in total defense, 28th against the run, which is a big advantage for the Colts, even without Jonathan Taylor. They were 12th against the pass, which isn't bad. But the Jaguars have a young defense that does have some talent, but it's talent that's got to take that next step. And if they're able to do it, this is a team that could be the number one seed in the AFC. But if it doesn't, like Josh Allen... He's getting ready for, you know, he's playing for a fifth-year option. Devin Lloyd needs to play better. Like, these are some names that are going to have to stand out week one right away for the Jags. But I just don't know what Anthony Richardson's going to be in this game. I don't know what he's going to be on the season. I think the Jags win this game. I like the Jags to win this game. I like the Jags minus four and a half. I think they can probably win by a touchdown here. But my God, I, like... What, like, when we haven't seen much from Anthony Richardson, the question then becomes, does Shane Stike can have a few tricks up his sleeve week one? And that's the one thing that really concerns me here.
1: Week ones are weird. Mm-hmm. Very weird. And that's why I'm staying away from Jags minus four and a half, because it just seems too easy. You're on the road, even though the Colts are a mess, and you have no idea what to make of what they could be. No Jonathan Taylor. Anthony Richardson is a, a rookie, as we know. The last time a rookie quarterback started for the Colts was Andrew Luck, and they lost by three touchdowns. So you say to yourself, this should be an automatic bet, and then you know that it's week one and you can't trust anything. So this is what I'm doing here I am taking the Jags over 24 and a half team total. Mm-hmm. Here is why the Colts allowed the fourth most points in the NFL last year. They were 32nd in opponent red zone uh, percentage. And then a Jags team that already was potent offensively, you add Calvin Ridley to that, and then another year with Doug Peterson. Then, on the offensive side for the Colts, like we said just a second ago, you don't have Jonathan Taylor. So what do you have? You've got Michael Pittman and some randoms. So I think that the Jags are going to cook regardless. I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring game. It doesn't feel like it is. But that's the one that I'm the most comfortable with, and I also really, really like talking about players that I think are gonna cook. Calvin Ridley over 61 and a half receiving yards, which is minus 120. I think he's gonna get busy.
0: I think he's gonna have a monster year. He's missed the year, and he's got. He's looked really good in camp and in preseason, in the limited time that we've seen him with Trevor Lawrence. That's gonna be a hell of a weapon for him to add right now. The one thing with the Colts that I would be comfortable with, that I would lean towards. Anthony Richardson over 45 and a half rushing yards. You're going against a defense that was twenty eighth against the run last year. Yeah. Even if the Jags are better, even if some of these young guys that we've talked about, Trayvon Walker, you get out there and they're able to like they're able to just improve from last year. Let's say they're fifteenth, sixteenth against the run when it's all said and done. Like that's still a major improvement. It is. You're gonna see some of that maybe week one. But Anthony Richardson has an opportunity to surprise them, at least with what he's doing. The one thing we've seen with a lot of these young quarterbacks, especially their rookie year, that are dual-threat quarterbacks. Yeah. They tend to surprise teams early on, even if you know, hey, this guy can run. Doesn't matter because you can't stop it. They have their own tendencies, they have their own times when they run. Like, the habits aren't there. There's not a lot of film on that exactly. yet. Exactly. So, Anthony Richardson over 45 and a half rushing yards, I would be more than comfortable with. Maybe if you even look at Trevor Lawrence's passing yards, What's Bet MGM's something? got that 254 and a half, the overs at minus 115. I think he could cook there, too, like you said, with Calvin Ridley. But I wouldn't lean towards an over in this because I don't know what the Colts are going to do for offensively sure. and be able to put up enough points for that.
1: Yeah, and another prop that I was looking at, and I just couldn't find anything for it, anything for this piece of information, and it's something that for sure you want to look at moving forward, As as you look at the fact that Jacksonville's defense was the worst at defending the middle of the field. So I was trying to find a slot guy, and... It's Dobbs. So, Josh Dobbs, who's also the same name as the quarterback. So, he's now their slot receiver. He's now, two days ago, was named the slot receiver for the Colts. But there's no props up for him. So, I don't trust unders on Michael Pittman. Overs on Michael Pittman. I don't have any tight end props available either. So, I would say moving forward, look at whoever plays Jacksonville in the middle of the field and, and what player that is and take the over on their receiving yards. But... In this game, there's just nothing valuable there.
0: The Jags are 1-4 and four against the spread as a favorite under Doug Peterson. So that goes back to just last season. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But also Yikes. remember that this is a team that the first half and the second half of last year are very different. Like, they found their stride. They, did. they looked like a team that had started to click. And look, they have a real head coach now in Doug Peterson. It's not Urban Meyer who just saw a promo for a what, big noon kickoff on Fox. Mm-hmm. It's, I, well, Coach, welcome back. Uh, where where you been the, the last couple of years here? Oh, yeah, that's right. Coaching the Jags, I mean, just an utter disaster.
1: They act like he just didn't go in didn't and go away. put his fingers in someone's jeans.
0: <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Like, I mean, I'm sure they just go in, hey, don't, don't mention, remember, whatever you do, don't mention where Urban Meyer was for a year. It just never existed, okay, guys?
1: And the Shh. ratings have got to be through the roof because everyone wants to know what kind of dumb stuff he's going to say. He
0: does say some. Well, he's, he he's aw- like, Who's he's that 99 awkward. guy for the Rams? He's awkward. He's I like, heard, oh,
1: Aaron Donald? Oh, yeah.
0: There was some reporter that covers the Jags. I saw this story on Twitter. I don't remember who was saying it, so I, I, I can't credit who it was, but he was saying that he went up to introduce himself to Urban Meyer when he Took over. It was early in the season, I guess. Took over as the head coach of the Jags. It must have been before a game, before a preseason game, whatever. Because right in the middle of the conversation, where he's trying to strike up a you know a conversation with him, this reporter, Urban Meyer, just looks and goes, "I got to win. I got to go win." And he just walked away. Just, I got to go win, and I went walked away. I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right, yeah, well. He's back where he needs to be, and that's on a TV set and not coaching in the NFL. Bucks and Vikings. Vikings five and a half point favorites. Totals forty five and a half there. That's another one P.M. <laughs> Eastern kickoff. Dude, I, I like You heard me go I know. I heard it. Like, I I'm not ready to totally write off Baker Mayfield, at least early in this year. You do have some weapons to throw the football to. This is a team that has a lot of pieces that won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But here's the big thing to me. And this is one of my favorite props, actually, of the weekend in terms of an anytime touchdown. Because that's, a, you know, very different than, you know, an over and under on someone's rushing yards or anything like that. The Bucks defense surrendered nine touchdowns to tight ends last year. Fifth most in the NFL. TJ Hawkinson was lights out for the Vikings once he got there. Anytime touchdown plus 165. Already bet that. Love it.
1: I love that, too. I'm trying to find ways uh, to attack this Buccaneers defense, which was actually like okay, 11th in the NFL in DVOA, pretty much middle of the road throughout the board, 13th in rush defense, 14th in pass defense. So like really just right, kind of like right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at what seems very obvious, which is, listen, I like Justin Jefferson. So that's just what it is. He's got one of the largest, I think he had the largest target share of any player in the NFL last year. I don't see that changing. I see no Adam Thielen on this team, which you could say that's more targets for Jordan Addison or Mm -hmm. you could just say just more for Justin Jefferson to have. So I like him always. I think you just play him every single game, whether you like the receptions more. I really like his receptions. So I'm trying to figure out what that number is right now. Seven and a half, over seven and a half is plus 115, under is minus 155. I I think he has nine catches.
0: I mean, Kirk Cousins is somebody that's playing for a contract. Yeah. And what's the best thing to do if you're Kirk Cousins and you want to pad your stats this year? Throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. Totally. That's the smartest thing to do. So you can double, triple team him. It doesn't matter. He's still going to make catches. We watched him last year make insane catches. So, yeah, I think you just go the take the over on his receptions just about every single week. And, look, the – I'm not, you know me. Like I'm not as down on the Vikings as other people. They were the 31st ranked defense last year, and they still won 13 games. Right. I don't think they're winning 13 games, but let's talk to Like it's 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 this weird dynamic that people have in this, where they're like, well, now they don't have Dalvin Cook, and yet at the same time, people are talking about Dalvin Cook being washed, and that Vikings team was an average running team at best last year. So, like, what are we missing here? Like, I understand that they had a lot of, they they won. And an NFL record in terms of close games right like we know what they did it was historic last year but to me when I look at the Vikings in that position I see a team last year that had the biggest comeback in NFL history they had another really large comeback during the regular season they won a ton of close games so they're really never out of anything yeah they were lucky yeah things went their way sometimes do I think the Vikings are going to win 13 games again absolutely not do I think that they win 10 and maybe still win that division Maybe, but the Lions looked really good, so it's going to be a little bit harder to write off the Lions now. But I'm just not somebody that's ready to look at the Vikings and say, they're completely done, they're washed, because it's the NFC, and we know how weak it is compared to the AFC. And you've got a team that's really battle-tested, at least during the regular season, because they've won a bunch of close games over the last couple of years. That's been their MO. So there's just something there with the Vikings where I'm not totally ready to write them off. I think they do beat Tampa, but I do think there's an opportunity here where... Tampa still covers. I think Tampa plus five and a half is the way to go here. Just because, look, Baker Mayfield at least has a little more confidence now running an offense given what he learned from Sean McVay in the short time with the, with the Rams. The guy did still at one point break a rookie record for the most touchdown passes in a season and you've got some guys that you can throw the football to so i think this ends up being another close game just like the vikings are used to tampa covers but minnesota wins
1: and what we know is like you just said that the vikings secondary is boo-boo it is boo-boo and uh a caleb evans is going to be guarding mike evans and he is allowing 2.42 yards per route covered which is pretty horrible yes, i would say yes. so that's actually i'm looking at this uh this FTN fantasy that gives you like some breakdowns in terms of cornerback and wide wide receivers mike evans has the most favorable matchup in the nfl this year or this week so mm-hmm. i would i would look at his props as well
0: baker mayfield 231 and a half passing yards that's Don't actually kind of a big number considering like what we saw, I, I, I expected so. that to be lower. Looking at we're like didn't Desmond they allow Ritter.
1: like 350 passing yards per game last year?
0: Yeah, so I kind of love that. I just Tampa. Look, Tampa could surprise and come straight out and win this game, but a safer play if you just want to play it a little safe. Tampa plus five and a half in this game. But you're right, Mike Evans. Mike Evans anytime touchdown over on his receiving yards, maybe receptions. You go down that I route. It money. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota can't stop anybody. Mike Evans may ask for a trade too. There's mm-hmm. also that. Del Capaccio coming up next hour. It's BetMG on the night.
1: Oh it's time for a short